All right, and now the long-awaited return of Ping's very long-form prospect rankings. How are we doing tonight, Ping? Everything's great. Um, I'm happy to have finally taken the time to do this, and I'm really excited to review this with you. But let's take a second and say, isn't it great to have Spencer back in the league? I mean, yeah, if nothing else for the fact that Tom will be, you know, not a complete pushover every week for his opponent. Yeah, that too. I mean, someone excited about Sweet Baby Jared again is something we've been missing because I, I definitely didn't keep up that same intensity that he had the year before with uh, chirping on clinic as he did. So I'm happy for that. Yeah, and, you know, for all my annoyances that I bring to you guys, I'm not exactly, you know, on – I don't have that emotional attachment to like one particular prospect in the way that he did. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just general, just general happiness to have a more knowledgeable and competitive owner in three sports again. Yeah. Welcome back, Spencer. All right. So how do we want to do this? I think it probably works best going worst to first. Yeah. I'll, I'll go over it a little bit. Um, We'll start with the worst and. I'll say I'm going to keep the same form as top five, and then um, I've done a chopping block candidate and most helpful this year, and then a sleeper candidate. And I've also um, did a few VLOOKUP formulas to kind of just show where they're ranked in all dynasty format, MLB players or not, and prospect rankings. And then took in that formula to give them a top 50, top 100, top 250, top 500, added scores up together to come up with these. So I was very objective, didn't play any of my real true personal beliefs in anything other than the chopping block, helpful and sleepers. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, you'll see how it, how it works as I start explaining this. But um, uh, first up, well, last up would be uh, Josh. Josh has, um, you know, now called up Wander. So, um, oh, and by the way, this year's rankings um, include all players, regardless of if they're truly a prospect or not. So that's with, a factor. That's with here. the exception of players who have been called up, by the way. So that means whole players like, uh, you know, because I'm like to talk about my own team, Adley and Corbin Carroll will not be factored into this. Right. I do see a particular player who has been called up who is still on a, a, a list here, but is what it is, at least on, on my, I don't know if I, you updated yours for Jeremy Pena being called up. Okay, yeah, it was, I guess, when he was traded and he was put down on the list before I made this, so. Yeah. Um, re- regardless, that's Barry. He's got a shit ton of prospects. It probably doesn't impact it a whole lot, but. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so back to Josh. Josh, um, his top five were Zach Neto, Austin Wells, six, Sixto Sanchez. We all remember that guy. Uh, Nick York and Justin Foscue. Um, pretty solid, you know, MLB type potential there with Neto. I don't. Whenever I saw him drafted and all the people talking about him, I was never like, man, I can't wait to have that guy. I just saw a guy who's probably going to be just a guy in the MLB, not really anything special. Might be like a 
10, 10, 15, 15, maybe one year if he's lucky kind of guy. But was never really brought in on the hype other than that he was MLB ready. Um, he'll probably be up this year at some point. But um, I don't really see him being a league-changing type player. Um, yeah. And that's kind of why Josh is, I guess, down here with his top prospect being that kind of caliber of a guy. Yeah, I will say that like Neto was a guy who I didn't exactly look too deep into in the most recent draft we had, partly because I was more focused on other players that with my first pick, and I didn't really you know, consider that he may be there for like future picks for me. But I feel like the general consensus of people I've seen, they kind of like him more than I did based on just like, you know, like 30 seconds of research reading through like a couple different, you know, bios on him, basically. Yeah, and I guess in an OBP, OBP league like ours, you know, well, I mean, OPS league like ours, um, it's not too, too big of a knock on him. He'll probably have a decent average too. Um, but I guess the power numbers might not be as high as you'd want them to be. So, um, I just, you know, being in the angels organization, that's kind of another knock. Yeah. And they've never developed a good prospect, right? Uh, it's, it, I mean, I know you're being sarcastic here, but it has been, you know, quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That diamond in the rough is looking, you know, like a one-time deal. Yeah. Unless you unless you count Otani, but I guess you can't really yeah, count that They didn't really like develop it. <laughs> yeah. Austin Wells is a guy I'm excited about. Um he, he ranks eighty four overall in the um imaginary brick wall rankings. Bad, um, bad luck with that rib injury. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm still excited for him though, because he's a guy that can hit and you know, having a decent actual catcher that can um hit is really important. You can't just be one or the other. So um, hopefully he gets better and hopefully he, you know, either sees time this late this year or early next year in the organization. So I'm looking forward to seeing him develop. I, I have high hopes on him. Um, being a Yankee fan. Yeah. <laughs> same way. And Sixto, man, that guy is a wild card. Who knows if he's ever going to pitch over 100 innings in the MLB um, in the season. He just seems to be like, what, what did he lose, like 40 pounds this offseason? He seems to be trying it all right now. I think it was 46 because I made a 46 to joke in the chat. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Most... Uh, MLB pitchers don't really have 42 pounds to lose. And, I mean, since CC Sabathia is gone, I feel like the average weight of pitchers went down significantly. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and uh, he, even he, even CC tried it too, but it just didn't click for him. I mean, when I'm, CC I, lost weight, he got fucking terrible. So yeah, he put it back on. Like, in his words, like mass equals gas. So, um. yeah, yeah. So I, who knows with this guy? He he was a really talented guy coming up. I mean. The Phillies traded him for JT Ruffney, too. So, obviously, yeah. other people thought highly of him, too. So, who knows? And with that rotation they have, I mean, they probably won't give him that long of a leash because they can just throw in another person right off the bat. So, yeah, um, they, they, you know, maybe don't have like a ton of like high end talent, but they have like a lot of like 
four or five starter caliber guys. Yeah, like no Cy Young caliber guys, right? Well, I mean, you. I'm talking about <laughs> like, like the younger guys. I mean, Sandy's obviously yeah. his own thing, but like, are we really excited about like Trevor Rogers anymore, or like Braxton Garrett, right. or like some of the other guys whose names are escaping me? I mean, they already traded away Pablo Lopez, so they still have Max Myers, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just a bunch of guys that that fit into that back end of the rotation role that we don't really think are going to have a high ceiling, but could be something. Yeah. But this guy's obviously got the ceiling. So um, let's see if he stays healthy, and let's see if he lives up to his expectations finally. You know, that, that's kind of the thing I think about now. Um, next, uh, Nick, Nick York, or Nick Yorkie, I don't know. Um, Boston Red Sox guy. He had a lot of hype last year. Didn't have that great of a year last year, though. Uh, he had a lot of hype coming into the year, but he didn't perform as well as anticipated, and he got knocked down. He was like a borderline top 100 prospect. Now he's like borderline top 200. Um, but the Red Sox in their rebuild, whatever they're doing, who knows what that organization will do with this guy. Maybe let him come through, and everyone always says, oh, yeah, the next Pedroia. But um, let's just give the guy to the majors first. Um, yeah, Pedroia is not a uh, not necessarily. I mean, I'm too young to like remember his like prospect days or anything. But like, I do remember like when he broke in as like a rookie, and that definitely kind of feels like a uh, a formula you can't necessarily replicate very often. Yeah, I mean, if they get half of that, then they'll be happy. I would hope. I mean, yeah, I mean, he went straight from like rookie of the year to like MVP his second year, and he was just like. A, a perfect blend of of baseball player from an era that's not really relevant anymore in baseball. Yeah. Yeah, and the next guy, Justin Foscue, um, he's, a, he's another top 200-ish guy. And uh, Texas just seems to be, like, attracted to this type of prospect. Just a solid, you know, white guy that can hit for a little power and has a little speed. Um, I have a decent average, might might not. We'll see when he gets there, but he's trending in the right direction. Um, that rounds out Josh's top five. I, on the chopping block for him, he doesn't have many prospects. He's only got 11 that I have listed here. So um, outside of the top five, the um, chopping block candidate I had was Luis Gill because who knows if he'll stick in a rotation. I mean um, – he had a good rookie season, kind of, um, or at least a good half of a year. But I don't know if he's not a long-term fit, at least not in the Yankees lineup. So, Yeah, and, like, even he's a guy who, like, he, as you said, Josh doesn't have much quantity. So, like, somebody has to be in the list. I, mean, yeah. honest, I honestly feel like he's got enough runway to, like, give him a little more time before you even really get to that point. But, yeah, you know, it's just someone has to be there, so. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of guy I think like Josh would feel comfortable getting rid of if you know this year he just you know gets cut or something like that and doesn't look like he's going to pan out versus like six so you'd probably wait a couple more years. Um, and with that, I said most held this year. I'd say six though. Because um, once again, someone has <laughs> it's got to be yeah. someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zach Neto was the other guy I was considering here, but. Um, if the Angels do try to compete, I don't know if they really put him in right away, but I guess with the Angels' history, he could very well be 
that guy. Yeah, um, yeah late season call up and you know could hit the ground running, but who knows? Um, and for his sleeper, I put Ivan Herrera again. Needed to have somebody here, but you know if you know catchers sometimes you know split time and what if he catches on? What if uh, Contreras gets hurt or something? Who knows? Um, but he was, you know, essentially trying to be a backup last year. So, yeah, obviously think enough of him to where he can fill that role. So if he can take off, then he could be somebody that that you can say is a sleeper. Yep. Um, let me pull up his full list here, and I'll see if there's anyone else in particular I want to, like, call attention to. Uh I mean, I kind of like Ty Madden, but, you know. Mm. Yeah, he was a candidate for sleeper for me, too. But at the same time, he's like kind of middle of the middle of the road as far as his ranking is. I don't know how far his potential is to shoot up there. Yeah. Um, seventeen, So um, he could be a guy. But yeah. And like, yeah. I, I believe I remember like in his draft year, which was very recent. I think it was maybe like lat, not the most recent one, but the one before that, like 2021 draft. Uh, yeah. I believe there were like some like slight concerns about like the shape of his fastball or like how he used it. So, yeah, there were some like delivery concerns or something like that with the way he, the way he threw, if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, so I I wasn't ever really high on him. I I thought he could if he was going to shoot up. It would have been last year, but I don't know if he's got that potential or not. But you know, back of rotation guy is a is a prospect. That's nothing. To be ashamed of. Um, you can make it there, then you can have a very successful MLB career. Yep. And for scoring purposes, Josh's total score was 29. He had six prospects that I'd be, um, well, imaginary brick wall, um, considered worthy of being ranked. And six of those were in the top 500 and one top 50 in Zagnetto. Okay, on to the next one. The next one would be Mike. Mike is a, uh, <laughs> he had a glorious fall from last year's spot. I think he was like a top three or four. He was third. This this team was third on, on your ranks last year. Yeah, so uh, he obviously dealt from as well and, you know, made a push in the playoffs or to get to the playoffs considering what Dylan, where Dylan was last year. So or the year before that, and he did well. So you can't really fault him for doing what he did to make the moves, but that's why he drops down this far to second to last. Um, he still has uh, Riley Green and Joe Adele down there, uh, Luis Matos, uh, Austin Martin, and Christian Hernandez are his top five. Uh, Riley Green and Joe Adele do not have prospect status, but they're still in his prospect system. At least as of the time I pulled this. Yep. Um, yeah, Riley Green still kind of has, you know, top 30 outfield potential. So does Joe Adele. I would say that Joe Adele has had more time to show that he's not the guy. Yeah. Um, Riley Green, they still got plenty of questions out to see where he lies. But um, rookie season didn't go great, but I think there were some injuries involved. So um, I would still say to be determined and wouldn't. Give up hope on a guy like him that was a top caliber prospect yet. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Matos, uh, don't have faith in the Giants developing hitters anymore. I just don't. Um, and I, don't, I think he had a cup of coffee last year, but I don't know how well it went. Uh, maybe that maybe that was Julio uh, Ramos. I think, I think it was he, Ramos. Yeah. Regardless, um, the ball in the same bucket as Ramos to me. Um, has a lot of you know capability, but the development hasn't shown to where it's been great. But um, he had a decent year last year, so we'll still see. We'll still see. And who was like the last like decent bat that the Giants you know have like developed? Was it Brandon Bell? I mean. Did they even develop him? I don't know. I mean, he definitely came up through their system. I don't know, like, how long they had him, but I remember, like, when he debuted, he had been in the giant system for a while. I mean, Posey, obviously, but he was, you know, a bit harder to mess up developmentally. Um, yeah. Crawford, kind of. Um, yeah. I'm kind of blanking on other – I'm trying to go around the diamond in my head, and I'm kind of blanking on positions. They've always kind of had, like, veteran outfielders that come in from other organizations. That dates back to the World Series wins, too. Um, yeah, not uh, not a great track record for sure. It's not like they're uh, California rivals in the same division. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're lacking in development. I don't know. I think they've had a, a change in uh, GM in the past few years. So yeah, they have Farhan Zaidian, who I generally have a lot of faith in. Yeah, so maybe he's gonna retool that system to where. You know, or maybe he's just going to trade from within and, and let somebody else develop. So who knows? Um, Austin Martin's a guy that's fallen off pretty hard. He was consistent top 50 around the time he was drafted. Now he's uh, hovering around uh, 200 in between 150 and 200. I still have hope for him, but I don't know if the power is going to be there like everyone thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I yeah. just think that – I think that uh, – it's kind of like, all right, if he can come up and hit some, he might be a serviceable utility guy. Um, but who knows? He's still got time. Yeah, not a uh, not a huge fan. It's probably not a good luck for Mike when his number two and his number four prospect are two guys that I deemed not worthy enough of being on my team. Um, yeah. Yeah, with, especially with Martin, too. Like, I remember, like, there was, like, talk, like, you know, I feel like this happens on, with all sports. Like, you have someone who's, talked up as the number one guy and like everyone tries to be contrarian and like make like a narrative like actually no someone else could be number one like and like Torkelson wasn't the guy in that draft like oh, well you know if, depending on how you value petitional versatility like Austin Martin has all the hit tool that Torkelson does and he plays more valuable infield positions and now he's I don't know if he's even found a position yet on the diamond and his hit tool is I mean like he makes fine contact but like you said like Usually when you talk about like, oh yeah, he's got like doubles power. Like Austin Martin has like singles power. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Know. I'm with you there. That's it's just I don't know, to to be determined. I mean, these guys are young, so um if the hit tools does enough, then maybe that can carry him to where he'll be at MLB regular, but it's not looking it's not turning upward right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Christian Hernandez is a guy that was like a what was he, uh, J2, like, a couple years ago? Yeah, it was, like, him and Cole Menner, as I believe, were, like, the top guys. Yeah, he was really highly touted. Um, I don't think he – I think he strikes out, like, every other at-bat. Um, 
I feel like that's like every young prospect at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's it's really like okay, he's still in that phase kind of thing. Like we can't really determine if he's going to be great, but he's got the athletic build, he's got the the size and the the speed. So it's like, all right, we got to put him somewhere in the top two hundred. Yeah, so, and like he's like the type two where you like you draft him and you almost just try to like forget about him for like three years. Right. Yeah, and with the Cubs, you know, I guess getting uh, Swanson might cause them to trade Hernandez, but um, you never know. I mean, he he could still be the Cubs shortstop in three years or four years. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to like you know upset a certain uh, Braves fan and Swanson owner in our league, but. I'm not exactly sold on Swanson being a long-term shortstop with how uh, weak his arm is. Yeah, that and he just isn't good. So, uh, I mean, he's he's subjectively a good player. I think he had a career year last year. I don't know if he'll replicate that, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think his best path to regular playing time in like three years is probably playing second base. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they signed him to a deal, though, so they're going to give him a shot. So we'll see. Yep. For uh, chopping block, I put uh, Horace Whitley here, mainly because this guy's been coming to the league for fucking three years. Like, <laughs> he has been like on the precipice of being the greatest pitcher in the world every year. And then yeah. he keeps fucking as a TJ any kind of surgery you can think of. Yeah, I was going to say, he's been on the chopping block in a more, like, surgical sense. Yeah, um. exactly. Exactly. So, I don't, I don't know what to do with him. I, like, if I had him, I would just let him sit there until I, I needed to move him. But if, like, Mike was in a position to where he had his, you know, entire prospects full, he'd be a guy that I would consider, be like, okay, maybe I'll move on for this one. Um but like at this That's point, you know, if he really has his uh, <clears throat> his wits about him, you might as well just kind of hold on and just see what you get because the value is like at an all time low. In like the worst case scenario is like, I mean, nothing really happens with him, which is already kind of currently happening anyways. But you know, if he ever does find like any of that potential, it's uh, it's a yeah, lot, it's a ladder ticket I'd want to have. Yeah, maybe they'll find the uh, forest of the trees, you know. Yeah, I was, I was trying, trying to find a way to make that joke. I didn't really find a, a good segue for it. So. Well, maybe it's, uh, there's some uh, green on the next one with uh, most help next year will probably be Riley Green. Yeah. Um, you know, he's probably got a path to everyday playing time for an organization like Detroit. Um, I don't see where he would have any competition. I mean, there's no outfielders out there that are similar to him at all. I mean, uh, and, and all the outfield talent they do have is all corners. Like Riley Green is like the, to my knowledge, at least like the only like decent center fielder. Like they had guys like uh, oh, Daz Cameron and uh, Derek Hill were kind of there, but neither one of them really like did anything. So I was just leaving the door open for you to mention uh, Badu, but oh, just, I, I know exactly sure. what you were going for there, but that's why I try to focus it on everyone. All their other talent is in the corners. So, yeah. Um, Geraldo Perdomo, uh, he's a guy that got called up super early. I don't know what Arizona was doing then. He, I think he was started in the major like three years ago, <laughs> um, but played like 10 or 12 games because he got called up from double A and it was obvious that he wasn't ready. But, um, you know, 
that was three years ago. So who knows? Maybe he'll be maybe he'll be ready now. Um, yeah, and he's kind of looking more like a glove first guy too, isn't he? Yeah, glove first was with a bunch of speed. Um, that'd be his calling card probably. And uh, I don't know with all the all the prospects that Arizona has. Um, I almost feel like they have to figure it out this year with him. So I feel like he could, you know, come in, have like maybe a Kettle Marte kind of jump onto the scene. That was kind of the route I was going here because, you know, they have that track record of developing him after uh, a worse or less talented organization tried to develop him. It could. Yeah. And then. No. Uh... Okay, cool. I was looking at your sheet. I saw all the guys that were supposedly on Mike's team after the trade with Keith before it got canceled. I just want to make sure I didn't have to actually go back and do that on the, the real sheets. So, yeah. thank goodness that's not the case. But before we move on from his team, there is a couple guys I wanted to mention, or at least get your, like, depending on, like, where's Preciato at? Like, I remember him kind of having a little bit of a hype, like, last year or a year, year before that. He's kind of like a lesser version of Christian Hernandez. I mean, same organization, same kind of, I think maybe even same class of J2. Um, he's a bigger body, though, isn't he? Because he's more third base. Yeah, I think he's like uh, just a little a little thicker. I don't know if he's taller, but I think he's a little thicker. Yeah. But um, same kind of development path there. It's like, you know, wait, wait and see. He's never, he hasn't done anything to really say this guy's going to be a dude. Um, so I, I don't really know, like <laughs> looking at Mike's prospects is like, he just got everybody that everybody else didn't want is who's on his prospect list. Yeah. It's like someone tried him out and was like, eh, I don't like what's going on. And he took them. Yeah. Like, of, whether it be through him or through Dylan. Yeah. Like Lewin Diaz, who yeah. full disclosure was a guy that Dylan suggested to me in like one of our first drafts. So that's why I got him. It originally was on a Dylan suggestion before Dylan even joined our league. Um, yeah. And I, just want, I wanted to mention him, too, because he was on, like, 60 different organizations this offseason. Yeah. Like, every week he was being waived and DFA'd and claimed and waived and claimed and waived and claimed and waived. I'm pretty sure he probably played on, like, three different continents, too, in the offseason. Um, only a little hyperbolic there. And I would also like to point out Robert Pawson, just because it gives me a chance to remind Mike that Robert Pawson was a prospect that uh, long ago uh, – Oh God! Was it? It was Vib. Vib wanted Robert Pawson in the Bryce Harper deal. So Robert Pawson can be a reminder every time Mike sees his name that I have Bryce Harper and Mike does not. Wow, that's a low blow. I mean, hey, I got to take my shots where I can, right? Yeah, I do like the the get that um, Mike had on on that trade for. You know, I'm thinking about it from Mike's approach, where he likes guys that are MLB ready to be able to, you know, throw in there whenever he can. Um, you know, they're on good deals. The Alec Burleson and Jonathan Aranda. Well, those guys are no longer Mike property, though. Oh, I thought he got those in a trade. Yeah, from that's oh. what I was talking about with Keith. But then, like a week, like a couple days later, like actually, we're not doing that trade anymore. Like, oh. all right. Well then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike's team, Mike's farm team, just got a lot worse. <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Mike. <laughs> all right. And then after Mike, we can move on to. I'll just say Mike's uh, total score was 35 oh, for, yeah. those tracking, for those tracking at home. Yeah. Um, 
Next up will be Alex. Alex is very uh, top-heavy. Um, he's got James Wood, who's the eighth overall prospect, according to the imaginary brick wall. He's got Bobby Miller, Mackenzie Gore, Colson Montgomery, and Heston. How do you say that guy's last name? I think name? it's Kirstead. Kirstead. Yeah, those are his top five. Um, I like all those guys, especially James Wood. If he would have lasted one pick longer, I would have had him. Um, not upset with my pick after that, but um, he was clearly, he's a freak. He's a tank. He's got speed, power. He's a huge guy. I think he's six, six or six, seven. Yeah, like I will say this on James Wood, though. I, I feel really bad for all players of his archetype because the way Aaron Judge has played, like you just know every single guy who's like six six or taller and like hits up bombs like next Aaron Judge, like man, that's just an awful feeling to have to try to live up to. Not to mention he's got to fill uh, Juan Soto's shoes. Yeah. So um, that's the guy that um, you were traded for. So good luck living up to that. Yeah, yeah you got to replace uh, fucking. NL MVP frontrunner for the next like decade, all while being compared to like the next current reigning AL MVP. No pressure, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing he's got uh, time in an organization like Washington to develop. Um, they won't rush him. They don't need to. Nope. <laughs> so, um, they won't be competing for anything anytime soon. So, um, yeah, he'll have time to. I think, I think the one concern with him. Like just like all people that are his body type are probably strikeouts. So um, I think he still gets on base at a very high rate. So that's at least helpful there. But um, if he gets the strikeouts down, then he'll be elite for a long time. So um, and Bobby Miller, you know, pick name a pitcher in the Dodgers organization and their farm system and name a top prospect. Yep. I mean, there, there's a reason why I made a trade with Josh to, to move Nolan Jones just to grab Landon Knack. I don't know if Landon Knack will actually be anything, but as long as he's in the Dodgers organization, I felt like it was a worthy move. Yeah, I mean, they have a knack for picking up good guys, you know. Yep. Um, big Bobby Miller fan myself. I've said that on multiple occasions, I'm pretty sure, but really, really like this guy. Mackenzie Gore is a guy that, you know, he's shown flashes and he was the top guy for a while. Um, after the injury, he hasn't been quite the same, but, you know, it's a kind of cross your fingers and hope he gets back to what he was situation. I still have faith in him since he's so young, but um, yet, yet another guy who was traded for Soto. Yeah, and with, with Gore, too, like, I know it's not necessarily a fair comparison, but he kind of feels like 2020 Forrest Whitley, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little less injury risk concern just because he's only done it like one time really to where it's been a season ending deal. But yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, it's a good comparison. Um, and Colson Montgomery seems like he could be a dude. I'm not sure like he's got the super high ceiling situation, but um, I think he could be a fine shortstop in um, Washington and uh, Chicago. Yeah, he, so, he was a guy who was admittedly like on my short list for this most recent draft, but kind of like you said, like, looking at different reports on him, I was kind of trying to convince myself, like, he'll be, like, good, but, like, 
what exactly, like what skills, what categories is he going to be like particularly good at? And I didn't really like notice anything that like jumped off the page to me as being particularly strong in any category. So he's probably just, you know, a, a decently well-rounded player, which is fine, but you know. Yeah. Kind of the same like Zach Neto type vibe that we were talking about earlier. Like nothing's going to be like, he's going to be somebody that you're going to be upset that you don't have him. But at the same time, if you needed somebody, you would definitely pick him up off the waiver wire. Yeah. That's kind of the mold I see him. But, you know, he could he could uh, hit a different ceiling to be determined. These are guys are young. so Yeah, he's, he's particularly young, too. He was a high school pick, right? Yes, yes. Um, and then Heston, he's kind of a wild card a little bit because he had those issues. I think it was uh, – I don't remember I think, the actual I think he had myocard was it myocarditis? Yeah, it was myocarditis or um I, all I know is his heart was a real issue there. Um and like he couldn't play for a while, but he came back and he played fine. So I think his rankings are lower than they should be, probably because of that. But um I think he's they ranked him as uh, two seventy four on imaginary brick wall. So yeah, I think um, he'll be a fine player. I mean, Baltimore seems to be doing a really good job of developing prospects at this point. So I yeah. would uh, doubt that, you know, he'll be ready when he's ready or he'll get called up when he's ready and be fine because they know what they're doing. Yeah, I got to say, though, I wonder how much because he's, you know, more power over hits, I believe, if I remember his like, yeah. draft a little correctly. And I'm going to double check what side of the play he hits from because that could end up being not – the best with how they move their walls. Photos look make it look like he's left-handed, so that should probably not affect him too too much with the way they moved stuff in uh, left center last year. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, <laughs> if you can hit, you can hit. I think this guy can do it. I don't know if average will ever be his carrying card, but you know, put up twenty-five homers a year, hit two fifty. You're good. You're. Uh, rosterable player and I think he can be that yeah. um, for Alex's chopping block uh, Evan White was the clear one here <laughs> yeah I, mean, um, I, I made the he, joke in the chat like do you just at what point do you like if you want to get his glove in the lineup like do you just like hey we're going to like hit our pitcher we're just going to DH for Evan White though yeah yeah that's kind of where it's where it's at because they have to keep him right because they got they sent him to a contract um, yeah it's a shame too but, yeah, yeah. like I'm like, man, like the like the older I get, the more I'm a sucker for like defense. I'm saying like fun, like good defense is like fun to watch. And he's, you know, if, if he were an everyday player, he would, you know, might very well be the best defensive first first baseman in the American League. But you know, yeah. we're playing fantasy baseball, and your bat matters, and he might as well have a pool in the role to play. Right, right. Maybe he can learn how to pitch. Yeah. Um. There's maybe better hope for him to do that than it, so we'll see. But um, McKenzie Gore is the number one guy for helping this year. Um, and Christian Vaccaro is the sleeper candidate I had. He was a J2 guy, and he's getting a lot of hype. If you've been following the baseball card world at all, you know about this guy. He uh, He's a high-dollar value card. Uh, card guy so I would think um, just with that and um, where 
like I think he had like over two million dollars signing bonus. Just those factors alone. Seeing his uh, specs, I think he was over six foot tall at like sixteen. So um, he could be a guy. Yeah, that strikes uh, me as more of like a, a a Chris player, just because his name is Vaquero, which is Spanish for cowboy. <clears throat> yeah. Although I, I will say I do have one actual pushback on your most help this year. I think it's Brandon Marsh for Alex. Yeah, I thought about Brandon Marsh too, but my thoughts were, is Brandon Marsh going to push out any of uh, Alex's guys that um, are in the outfield, or is he going to just pick somebody up out of free agency? Because let's be real, how many guys in um, off the waiver wire are probably going to be just as good as Brandon Marsh? I mean, um, there may be some here or there. I guess I didn't really think of it as, like, roster dependent. I, I, I thought you were kind of going for, like, independent of Alex's roster. Like, who do you think among those prospects is going to be the most, like, relevant this year? I didn't realize you were kind of, like, customizing it to, like, each person's roster. But Well, also, I just placed a higher value on a starting pitcher that can, you know, get a quality start. And I think if McKenzie Gore is healthy – I think that's a higher value for anybody, really, than what Brandon Marsh has to offer. That's fair. I guess with Marsh, I was just thinking, like, you know, Philadelphia has, like, nobody in center field. So it's it's going to yeah. be Marsh all year, by basically by default. And I think with enough playing time, he could run into, like, a 15-15, maybe even 20-20 season if he gets, you know, enough contact. Yeah, that, that's true. My, my biggest concern with Marsh was more average, weighing down your, your ratios. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could put the same and say the same for Gore, but um, getting quality start, I think, is more valuable than what a hitter has to offer. So that's kind of the logic I took on that. I didn't really just customize it to that. I would just take a guaranteed quality start or someone who I thought was going to need quality starts versus uh, 15 home runs and 15 stolen bases. Yeah, that's fair. All right, what's Alex or what? what is Alex's score? And we can move on to the next one. Alex's total score is 38, so just a few points of Mike's fake ranking of 35. All right. And then next on the list, we have Nut, who um, got some guys this year. Well, got a guy, Jackson. Yeah, I appreciate he just had the one pick, yeah. Yeah, because he traded me every single one of his picks after that. So um, thank you, Nut. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's his carrying card here. Um Look, Cheerio could be <laughs> Edberg 2.0, Edward um, Perez, but I don't think he's going to be that way. I think uh, Cheerio is actually going to be a guy. Yeah, like, um, I mean, like, Cheerio's already in double A, right? Yeah, he was in double A for a little bit last year, but he didn't do that well there. I mean, he but, was I mean, like 19. He was like 19, maybe, at that point. So, can't really hold too much against him there. Oh, he's, he's, he's still 18. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, reaching double A says a lot, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it didn't light the world on fire there. Yeah. Even high, though, he got his K percentage down to 21.8 at high A at, at age 18. Yeah. That's like yeah. impressive. Very impressive. I mean, I'm not knocking the guy for anything, but I, I've heard that some of his prospect lore is based on his, um, glove and speed and ability to, navigate the outfield so i don't know i mean imaginary brick wall is a fantasy-based rankings and they ranked him number three so um 
there's something to be said there, but it could just be the age and the um, proximity to the MLB and what he his ceiling could be too. So I think I think I mean if I was nut, I probably would have taken him uh, in the same situation. But you know, it's kind of a like a, a very big risk, right? Because he's such a young player. So that's the only concern there. Yeah. Um, then Acuna, he was ranked at 43. He's been shooting up lists this offseason. I don't know what people are seeing him now that they didn't see before. Um, I think he's he had a good year, but, you know, um, I guess being in the Acuna family will help anybody. And then uh, Diego Partea, he's another great Dodgers prospect. Yeah. Um, pitcher there. And then Carson Williams and Kay Cavelli round out uh, Nuts Top 5. Yeah. I think I kind of like Cavalli, but I know he missed a lot of time last year with injury. Yeah, he's a guy that I'm still hung up on. Like, I had high hopes on him in the beginning. Then I don't know if it was when he got called up he did really terrible or if it was when he was in AAA or maybe both. Um, he was just awful, awful, awful. But people still think highly of him. But, you know, it could be in the, the Mitch Keller brand where, you know, he's got the stuff. It's just not translating yet. Yeah. For what it's worth, I'm obviously, you know, kind of bullish on Keller this year. So for to be like try to be neutral here, but I do really like I do really hope Cavalli kind of finds something though. And yeah. I will say too on Acuna, that's a, that is a inherited player from from Brett. You I don't think you remember Brett, do you? Uh Brett is who I replaced. Okay. So yeah, because like Brett basically when he when he did his startup draft for the, the ten rounds of prospects, he basically took like the best like sixteen year olds he could essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and so like guys like Acuna were like in like his startup draft and like they're just now finally becoming relevant. Yeah, um, I can see that from from uh, his moves in football and basketball. I understand <laughs> that completely. Has like one subpar week in football. All right, everybody must go. Dalvin Cook, no more. Yeah, I mean, that guy, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> looking at the rest of Nuts players, um, yeah, I mean, he's got Benny Montgomery, Aaron uh, Zavala, um, Maximo. Yeah, these seem like Brett guys. <laughs> yeah. Eric Pena, that's definitely a Brett guy. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys are like cross your fingers type guys. So um, I would hope for the best for him, but I don't really see much. I guess I didn't include um, Jack Leiter on here until later. Didn't he trade for Jack Leiter? He did. And yeah. I don't know if Leiter probably cracks the top five at this point for him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of uh, <sighs> hanging around 168. Man, I, I still, to be honest with you, I think I might still push Maddie Cavalli just because, like, we've only seen, like, one year on Lighter. And, like, he got pushed into double A probably too soon. But Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like um, the Rangers are developing pitchers well at all, does it? <laughs> yeah, that's why we'll, we'll talk about a certain Rangers pitcher who you have in a certain category, which I hope may help mitigate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, that did a good job of getting Trio. 
some moves to get some players. So I think he just kind of uh, has these people and hopes for the best for them. Um, I don't really know if he's really too active on the prospect front. Um, but he's got some guys that can contribute at some point in the majors. I guess uh, Carson Williams is a guy who could really uh, be a value if he hits his full potential. But um, Yeah, just because the haul he could get from Nathan for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, chopping block. You have Colton Walker for him, it looks like. Yeah, Colton Walker is a guy that's, I guess, traveled around the minors. He's never really – I think he started with the Rockies. But, um, yeah, I don't know where he is now. But um, it seems like he's a guy that's, like, deemed as not worthy as having a full-time job. So I would just say that that guy is probably someone that, that would cut if he was to the uh, – if he was edging, you know. Um, and most help this year – Matt Manning, I guess uh, he's like the closest guy that Nutt has on, on his uh, prospect list that could help and has actually got major league experience. So I think he could, you know, he was a really highly talented guy too. So what was he, like third overall, sixth overall, something like that? I think he's it's, more middle of the first round. Oh, really? For some reason, I was thinking he was a top ten pick. I mean, he might have um, been. I'll, I'll double check on that for you. Um, but, yeah, I think if he cracks the rotation and gets a job, he could contribute this year. Um, Ninth overall. So, like, you know, fairly top ten. Yeah, barely. Um, Jared Shuster, um, with the <clears throat> with the um, Braves, you know, farm system or whatever, I just put him in here just because, you know, who's the next Strider? Um, <laughs> who, could, who could be that? Yeah. And also, I just, you know. I would be optimistic of that if, if I were not just hoping to get some picture that pans out. Yeah. Uh, player I want to particularly uh, shout out, who I think actually might end up being something, perhaps. Uh, Jordan Uwogu is a guy I kind of like. In full disclosure, it is basically because he was on that Michigan team that made the college baseball World Series. But, I mean, he played high A last year. He's a bit old for the level, probably at 23, but... Had a 135 WRC plus, 19 steals, 15 homers, and only 378 plate appearances. Yeah, I mean that's not bad at all. Um, but you're right, the age thing is is a big, big concerning if he's not deemed to be, you know, double A yet by that time. I mean, it was only his his second year of professional baseball, so I, I imagine he'll probably play double A this year, and hope we'll see where that goes with Chicago, but. And then also Maddox Bruns, Dodgers pitcher, named after Greg Maddox, I think, and shockingly yeah. does not have the greatest control, which feels very like he doesn't deserve that name. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild to think that this guy was like sought after, draftable. Now he's not on lists. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if uh, the Dodgers are going to take him out back this year or what. But that guy just can't can't get it together. Yeah, and then I guess you have Nate Pearson uh, lurking too. I don't really know what to make of him at this point with all these injuries. But yeah, that's something that you know, Horace Whitley kind of category. Um, who knows? He could be great. Could be a guy that doesn't full season ever. Yeah. Um, all right. What's his score? And let's move on to the next one here. Yeah, his score is at forty nine. So, um, yeah. Two top 50 guys, so good for you, Nut. All right. Who's next? 
we got Chris, who's got a lot of got a lot of names there. He's, he's, a top, he's very top heavy too. Yeah, very very top heavy. Um, for Chris, his top five is Jordan Walker, um, Jason Dominguez, uh, Marcelo Meyer, and Tamar Johnson and Mick Abel. Love the top, love the top. The top three there could be all stars in my opinion. Like those guys are going to be good. I think they'll be everyday MLB players, and I think they'll be great MLB players. Probably, um, but all three of them could be up within the next two years. Um, Jordan Walker definitely will see MLB time this year. Yep. Um, he's a guy that's kind of the same mold as um, James Wood, just a monster of a guy, but. He's got it all figured out. Like his hit tool's great, um, power's great, speed. He's got everything you want. He's going to be a five-tool player. Um, and the vibe I'm kind of getting from what I'm hearing on, on Cardinal stuff is he may replace Tyler O'Neill at some point, or maybe he'll replace uh, Carlson by way of O'Neill moving to center. But it seems like they the the competition, the way they're phrasing it, it feels like left field is kind of the the uh, spot up for grabs, whereas Newbar doesn't seem to be involved in that conversation over in right field. Yeah, um, definitely not playing third. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna, you know, try to be clever and say something funny, but like it's Nolan Arenado. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel bad that like he's in an organization that's got. Everything figured out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't he be in one of these shit organizations where he could have been called up at the end of last year? But yeah, I mean, he should start off this year. He probably should have been up late last year, but um, they they did the right thing and kept him down all year and let him develop fully instead of doing the toying back and forth. And uh, um, gonna let him start this year probably in the major leagues. I would imagine. I would I would hope for his sake he could crack the roster, the opening day roster. And uh, the Martian, he's the 11th overall prospect, and Jordan Marker was six. But, yeah, he's finally starting to live up to that hype. Um, you know, if he, he would have been anything other than one at the beginning of, of his uh, journey in the Meyer Leagues, he would have been like, why, why is he not one? But then he had a pretty down year his first year. And then last year, he showed some flashes. I mean, he's got the power and the speed. And um, strikeouts are probably still a little bit more concerning than you'd want with a guy ranked as high as him, but it seems to be coming down. So um, I think he's going to be really good for a really long time. So I'm not worried about him, but um, he's still pretty young. Yeah, very young. But, I mean, he's already got a home run in the spring, and as we all know, that means he's going to be great. Uh, I mean, eh? so there's, you know, some players have already have three. And uh, Marcelo, I think uh, I think he's gonna be really good. I think the, the Red Sox got a steal on him. You know, I think he was supposed to go one in that draft. Who was who was one? Was it Henry Davis? You know, uh, it was later. Okay, I thought he went in the same draft as Davis. Um, or, anyway. No, wait, no, was was later one one or no? He was later was one one in our draft. Was lighter one yeah. one in real life? Lighter was one one in real life. Okay. Right. Right. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure Mayer was in that draft because I remember not taking Mayer because I was trying to not take a Red Sox. And I know that was the same draft I took Kumar because I had three firsts in a row. Okay. I thought, okay. For some reason, I thought that was the Harry Davis draft. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering here, but you go ahead and talk about Marcelo Mayer and I'll, I'll double check on this. Yeah, that guy, I think he was injured for a good bit last year, but he didn't really miss a beat. He was still really good the whole time. And uh, I think I think he's going to be an everyday guy for a long time. He's got the tools. Um, I don't think speed's going to be like his calling card at all, but everything else checks out. Okay, Jack, um, Jack Leiter was second overall in real life. So it was the Henry Davis class, but it was – that's what I was confused about. Because I was trying to, trying to think in my head, like, that sounds right, but I thought Leiter went first. I, I, I knew Henry Davis was a first round, first overall pick, but I thought later also was, and they would have, of course, been in different classes, but disregard that. Yeah. Oh, and Jackson Joe, that, yeah. What a draft. Um, yeah, and Tamar Johnson, I think he's got some of the best tool in the minor, especially at second base. Um, really young, but. <laughs> I think he's going to be an everyday guy. I think maybe like the Pokey Reese mold, but um, maybe that, a little faster. That's a name. That's a name. That's all we do on this podcast is drop names when we can. Big yep. um, Abel, I mean, just with what he's doing or what he's done and then the track record of, you know, oh, look at Painter, look what he's done. And then Big Abel's essentially like the same thing. He's really a, a big, overpowering pitcher, so I think he could. I mean, he's at 64 on on the IBM list, IBW list, so I think uh, you know he could be a top guy at the end of the season if if all things go right for him. Good. All right, so it looks like your chopping block here is. I'm not a Red Sox fan, so I'm not really com- concerned about this. Even though this guy, I'm pretty sure, is not even in the Red Sox organization anymore, but. Bobby Dahlbeck? Yeah, Bobby Dahlbeck. Um, he's been in the majors, and he hasn't succeeded at all. <laughs> he's a pirate. Right he's now. a pirate now, right? Um, is he? I know someone from. I know a, a decent prospect for the former prospect from the, the Sox, now with the Pirates. Um, maybe. Uh, you go ahead and talk about him. I'll I'll look it up. Yeah, I just don't think he's gonna. He's gonna be too heavy on the uh, strikeout. He's. Saying he's on the Red Sox still, but regardless, I don't think he's going to pan out. Probably he's going to be somebody whose power is not. Uh, who was that guy? Chris Carter. Uh, that kind of mold where it's all, all boom. God, all I bust. I remember watching that guy takes take hacks as the Yankee with his eyes closed. I'm like that's not great. Yeah, Michael Chavis by the name. By the way, it was the name I was thinking of. Yeah, that's who I thought you might be thinking of, but that was a, at least a year ago that he did that. So yeah. I wasn't sure if that was the same guy. I mean, um, I mean, you look at like a first slash second baseman, came up with the Red Sox. Like just, yeah. yeah. White dude that can hit a little bit. Practically um, the same player. Yeah, yeah. Wentz. Um, most helped this year, Jordan Walker. Um, I yeah. think he could be a guy that, you know, if – if Chris wanted to call him up right now, it would be I wouldn't say yeah, that's I wouldn't say that's a bad move. Um, 
And sleeper, I put JT again because he's not on list, and I was really high on him whenever he was on list. I think he had the injury bug, but if he's healthy, I think he's got the stuff to to climb up the list again. Yeah, you know that 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 addition alone to Chris's pitching staff could be a a real uh, real tonic for what he's able to accomplish. Oh man, you were full of them. Yeah. Um, Let's see. So Chris. Chris's total score it checks out at 62. He's got, you know, three guys in the top 50. So that's his carrying card. He doesn't have a really deep prospect uh, or farm team, but he's got a lot of quality in there. Yeah. I mean, he's got a gin, a beer, some hose. It's an interesting system. Yeah, you're right. Maybe there's a lot going on in that prospect system. That's why they haven't panned out yet. <laughs> I mean, it could be. You never know what the apes are doing, what kind of malpractice they are they're running for both their organization and for other organizations. Yeah, they're probably all catching felonies right now. Yeah. Um, next up, we have uh, Nate. It's got a pretty pretty solid uh, top of the list, but not not as great as others. But he's got he's really deep. Hashtag deep. Um, Todd Bradley's is one. Mason Wynn, Sal Freelich, Nick Prado, and then Blaze Jordan, who's probably got the best name in the system. Um, yeah, Nick, Nick Prado's a guy that I thought was going to be what the Italian breakfast is, but who knows? Um, he's got a really good glove, so I could see him uh, coming up this year and really helping the organization if they want to move uh, Benny to DH. And uh, he, he had his hit tool pick up quite a bit. Like it, it, when he first got drafted, it was like, okay, this guy's going to be a glove only Evan White brand. And then within the past two years, he just started hitting the ball. I don't know what happened, but he was, uh, he was really good for the past two years in the minors. <laughs> um, Todd Bradley is a, you know, he's, he's Nathan not prospect. He's a Tampa Bay guy. He could be up this year and contribute too. But um, you never know with Tampa. I'm just always leery to get there pitching guys that they can be great or they can be Brandon McKay. Um, who knows? And uh, Mason Wynn's a guy that I've never really been heavily in on. Um, he's a St. Louis guy, but uh, apparently he's tool- a tooled-up guy. I don't know if power's really going to be something that I'll have. But um, He has but, an arm. Yeah. Doesn't he have, like, the – the fastest track. Yeah, like he, he did it like, like the, the Futures game. Futures yeah. game, Mason win, throw. He hit 100.5 from the infield. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, uh, to put it succinctly, I would not want to be his first baseman. No. no <laughs> I'd, I'd, be, I'd be walking out on that field with a fucking catcher's glove. South Freelick's a guy that, you know, he could be an everyday outfielder, but I don't know if he's going to be, like, uh, a top-end guy. I don't think Powers is going guard either. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with him, because Milwaukee has a couple, like, just guys in the outfield already, and Freelick's kind of close. Right, yeah, I think he's probably estimated either late this year or early next year. So... We'll is, is he more center or corner? 
I think he's a corner guy because he's a little guy. All right. Um, and Blaze Jordan, what a name. Um, I think he's a, you know, kind of like a power is a, is a, his carrying card. Yep. Um, I wouldn't say he's, he's bad, but uh, I would say that he's one of those, you know, of the Bobby Dahlbeck um, blend, you know, where he could end up just being not able to get on base enough to, to have a great career. So, um, but, you know, he still has a lot of time to develop too and a great name. So I would keep him around. Yep. And then I will say one name I'm kind of surprised to not see in your top five, Brian Rocchio. Um, it's a guy I had traded him away probably when his value was kind of at like a low point and he's really rebounded nicely since the move. But I would have assumed based on where I see him usually on other rankings that he would probably would have been in your top five. Well, he was a hundred and Blaze was 93. So he was one away really from okay. the prospects of being top five. So you're, you're right on there. He's done really well and he's a hitter. He is not a power guy, but, um, he has rebounded from where he was, that's for sure. I think he got the glove-only kind of label early on, and and then he showed it. That's not all he's capable of. So, um, he's got a lot of guys, though. He's he's got a, a deep prospect system. I mean, he had a decent draft. He got Jacob Perry and Justin Crawford, guys. I'm admittedly not as high on probably as most, but um, yeah. they could be good. Yeah. Um, He's got Sam Huff, who has hit some absolute tanks in the minors. Um, he has Xavier Edwards, otherwise known as the slapdick prospect in the Tommy Pham trade that Blake Snell so eloquently panned on a, on a, a Twitch stream. Uh, that, I believe, is also the Cronor trade. Fun fact. <laughs> but, wow. Yeah. There's definitely some names here. Yeah. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of rays, that's for sure. Ryan Pepio too is a guy I like. I've had discussions with Pepio and Nathan. Um, hasn't gone anywhere, of course, but he's another guy. A Dodgers pitcher has a a really good changeup that admittedly kind of regressed uh, over the last year or two. But I don't know. I, I I think he's probably more ticketed for like a a dominant reliever. But we'll see yeah. what, we'll see what goes on with him. Vidal Brujan's a guy that I was in on that hasn't panned out. He's a another raised prospect that looks like he's a speed only type guy now. But man, he felt kind of like I don't want to use the word safe, but he almost kind of felt like safe. Did he not? Like you didn't think he was yeah. going to maybe be like a star, but you're like, okay, this is going to be a guy who's going to play like every day and be like right. a like decent contributor. Ten home runs and forty plus stolen bases is what you're what you were going to get from him. Is what you were you were banking on, like you knew that that's what you were going to get from him, but he can't hit. He just can't hit. So, um, and with Tampa Bay, everyone gets a short lease because they just got a fuck ton of guys that they can just call up and plug in. So, um, he's a trade candidate. And if he was traded, I would say he has a better chance, but, um, you know, I guess stolen bases might become a little bit, Valued a little bit differently now, so who knows? Yeah, I wonder if that'll benefit players like Bruhan, or if it'll just benefit players who already stole like maybe like five or seven bases in the majors who might just steal like ten or twelve now. Right, I'm kind of leaning towards the latter because it's like you don't have to be a burner anymore to to really have 
have your carrying value as a stolen bases, you could just be a you know middle of the road kind of guy. Um, we're talking like the bases are 45 feet apart now, but um, you know, I'm just saying it, it, there's there's a lot of changes that could that are happening. So I don't know what the impact will be, but I would definitely see at least a I would anticipate seeing at least a 25 percent uptick in temps. Yeah. Um, Renee's chopping block, I put Trevor Larnich because they have a bunch of guys. He's still in Minnesota, I believe. I believe but, so. But they have a bunch of guys that are just like him that are in the same mold as him, and he's already been given a shot. And he hasn't, he hasn't taken the job yet. So, to me, he's just the guy that they need to figure out if he's going to work, and if you know, if he doesn't, it's you know pretty close to being full on his prospect list. So I wouldn't hesitate to cut him out, just get rid of him. Yep, Alex Carolla, come on down. Right. <laughs> Is that, are they trying him out at first? I don't know. I, I would assume so. Yeah. Like I said, they just got so many guys that they just throw everywhere. Max Kepler, they're all the same dude. Aaron uh, Sabato, they're just turning them out there. Um, for most of this year, I put Nick Prado. Um, there was a couple other directions you could have gone here. Like if you were really high on uh, Brujan or, you know, Sam Huff, you think he might stick for the year or Ruiz. But um, Nick Prado, I think he, his glove will, you know, in an organization like the Royals, I think he could get everyday playing time if they decide to DH um, Benny. My but, only concern is where do you put Melendez then? Well, they'll probably um, realize how shit uh, Salvador is, and, and they'll just mention. Yeah, I mean, they, I feel like one of the, there has to be a trade there for the Royals at some point. Like Perez is bad; it's too good to leave out of the lineup. Even if you think Melendez is a better catcher, which I do at this point, um, but or I don't know, maybe that's a little harsh on Perez. But at some point, you have Perez, you have Melendez, you have Pasquantino, and you have Prado, but you really only have three lineup spots for the four guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough, but you know they're not in a competition mode. So to me, it's like. Do what you want. Try everybody out that that you want to see. If, I mean, because I feel like Prado will have to be Ross or on the twenty-five man or forty-man. Or yeah, he's he's got at least two options left, right? So um, before next year, you want to know if he could be a player for you or you trade him. Yeah. So um, and Nate's total score is sixty-three. He had two guys in the top fifty and eighteen total guys in the top five hundred. Oh, his sleeper. How can I forget? Christian Robertson. I think uh, <clears throat> I think that guy was a top 100 guy everywhere until he ran into problems. Yep. And people tend to forget after a few years. So um, if he comes in and does what everyone was thinking he was going to do, then I think he could be a real good prospect for Nate. I think uh, you can turn a blind eye and uh, – Look past some things. I think uh, it'll be a good one. Could be. Although the Diamondbacks also kind of have a glut of outfielders at this point too. Yeah, but that's not a concern for now. That's fair. Um. Okay, so next up, I have myself. Was that is that uh, six maybe? Yeah, I think we're finally into the the top half now. Yeah. So I have myself as six. I was. I know I was last last year. I had a very thin 
uh, minor league system last year. So I did a lot of work to build the system up. Yep, because people won't listen to me. I, if you listen to the pod really today, I've said on multiple occasions, stop giving ping draft picks. And people just they hear me like, what? Give ping all my draft picks? Okay. Yeah, I think you've said it at least twice today, but I've, I know you've said it more than probably every time I've had a trade with picks. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, my top five are Tink Hintz, who comes in at 34, which is surprising to me. I wouldn't have him that high, but there he is. Uh, Andy Rodriguez, you might have heard of him, catcher for the Pirates. I think the name rings a bell. Uh, he's 41 overall. Harry Ford who's, I don't know if you've seen anything on him. You probably haven't because you don't have him. But he apparently has become a muscle hamster, and he is just yoked now. Okay, um, can I, like, t- take a – because you mentioned that name. I just want to spend five seconds. Doug Martin is so lame for not embracing that. That's a great nickname. And he's like, no. Yeah, I don't – that's a top five NFL nickname. I, like, mean, I, I think he tried to, like, nickname himself, like, the Duggernaut or something. It's like, dude, come on. Yeah, that one is great. I don't like that one. I can't think of all NFL names off the top of my head, but that one stuck with me forever. So that's clearly one of the ones that's a top five nickname. I mean, yeah, you could have made so much money off that. All the all the hamster wheels in the world could have Doug Martin's face on them. But, no. All um, right, carry on. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Spencer Jones comes in as my fourth. Um, love him, top fifty guy. And then Oscar Colas, probably I'm probably higher on him than maybe anybody. Yep. He's uh, <laughs> he's fifty ninth overall here. Um, yeah, love these guys. I drafted them all except for Harry Ford this year, so <clears throat> I feel really confident in saying that these are these are really good prospects that will play in the league. And, um, you know, my depth isn't there yet. You know, I haven't had time to build it up to where it should be. Um, but, you know, I've acquired and traded a whole bunch because I was, you know, I competed last year. I mean, you, you won the damn thing, so. Yeah, I competed real good. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Tinkins, I like him from like what what his tools are and what he what his uh arsenal is and he is in the cardinals organization so to me that's like plus one you know at least or wherever you would put them um because they always develop pitchers and they they can do it so i like that but they used the baby glove last year they pitched him three his most innings pitched in the game was three but he was super dominant every single time he went out. And um, from what I've seen in the spring, he still looks the same. So I'm just, you know, kind of waiting to see him go a full game or, you know, six innings, six innings to see if he can hold up for a full game. He's still young. He still has time to grow. But that's my only concern about him. <clears throat> and Indy Rodriguez, what a guy. He is he was on a lot of minor league hitter prospects of the year lists. So <sighs> I think he could be a guy in Pittsburgh. He can, he's being uh, playing multiple positions, multiple positions. So he can get every day at bats. Um, 
He's young. He's talented. He's great. He's, I don't know. I, I can keep going if you want me to. I don't, I don't know if you guys want to hear or not, but, um, and he's, and he's going to be a guy. And then, um, Harry Ford is a guy that I was down on before last year because he didn't really quite live up to the hype. But as the year went on last year, I, I grew more fond of him. I probably wouldn't have him top 50 guy. They have him ranked 47 here. So that's a little bit higher than where I put him. I probably put him in the 75 to hundred range, but, um, yeah, right now he's projecting to be a catcher still, but he could be a guy that moves somewhere else. So we'll see. Um, he's got a big dumper in his way. So it might be good for him to get second base shortstop or outfield somewhere, <clears throat> but he's, he's a guy that is now apparently can have for power and have some speed. So excited to see what happens there. Spencer Jones, the, uh, I guess Aaron judge 2.0, but from the left say, side. Yeah. And that guy, he's just a monster. I can't believe he fell to me. I was, you know, there was a lot of people who were picking, um, just, I guess, straight from a list that showed the draftees for this year. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to get him. But I ended up with him, and I'm really excited about that. And he's Yankee, so you can't – I mean, you can't ask for a better situation, in my opinion. Then you got Oscar, who was signed as a two-way player, but now he's just committed to, to hitting, and boy, does he do it. He hits fucking bombs, and I am excited to see what he does in Chicago this year. I think he'll be up at least by midseason. Um, yeah, so those are my top five. All those guys in the Colossus are top 50 people, so um, that's I really don't have a whole lot of depth, but, you know, it's growing. It's getting there. Got a few other guys in the top 100, so... We'll see where yeah. that goes. With Colos, I'm kind of disappointed because like ESPN messed up with his projections. I think at one point he had like 34 homers he was projected for with 50 yeah. with 56 RBIs. <laughs> yeah, I, I screenshot that and shared in the chat. Yeah, it was it was nuts. I was like, oh my god, I need to trade this guy to Mike right now. Yeah, this um, is the joke I was gonna make, but he's down to 17 homers and 56 RBIs, which is a, a four to one RBI to home run ratio, which is not yeah. really, or not yeah. it's not four to one. I don't math well apparently. Or no, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> It's close to that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think um, I think he's gonna be really good. I think he could be in kind of like an Eloy kind of uh, model, if you will. Maybe a little bit better average, but I have high hopes for the guy. I think he's a thirty home run guy. So um, he's a little bit older, I guess, for a prospect. I think he's twenty four already, but he was a Cuban, so he had a defect and. Uh, just came over. Speaking of uh, foreign players, my chopping block is Yoqui Cespedes for many reasons. Um, he needs to perform, strike out a little bit too much right now. Um, if uh, you know, if he doesn't perform like his uh, older, much much older brother soon, it might be time to send him packing. Speaking um, of, did you know that Yoenis is playing in the WBC this year? I did not know. Yeah, I learned um, that like oh, like two weeks ago, despite the fact that it was announced in like November. <laughs> <laughs> what position is he gonna play? Uh, probably designated hitter. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't, 
feel like that guy blew up and played his older age. I can't imagine what he's at now. Um, yeah, that's kind of exciting. And then just because. Can we talk about that for a second? The uh, WBC? I, I don't really know what. I mean, I don't really know a ton about it, so. <laughs> All right, well, good talk. Um, <laughs> Although, I will. What, one thing you already want to talk about before we move on is. Do you want to give the other people in this league here just like a, a general estimate of the amount of money you spent on Yuoki Cespedes autographs? Uh, probably in the realm of five to seven hundred dollars. Um, I, th- I actually thought it was more, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, well, there was a period there where I was buying everyone I saw under 30 bucks, but there was not many. Um, so that was probably like 10-ish cards. And then then whenever I got duplicates of every one that was under 30, I um, started going up. So I would say I spent for cards that were over 50 bucks, maybe, yeah, maybe like another $300 there. So maybe 400 Yeah, I didn't spend as much as ron thinks but i would send him uh suspicious cards like every time i had a mail day <laughs> so it definitely seemed like a lot but yeah i, I probably spent 700 dollars on them. um i like the guy <laughs> it, it happens i spent hundreds on kobe fleener so and, yeah, I, and, so. I, and I did not have like you know mortgage money <laughs> when i was doing, I was doing that <laughs> Yeah, well, now all I have is uh, fuck Cespedes money right now, or cards. Um, but he's got a good autograph, though, so um, if he, if he uh, debuts this year, I'm definitely going to try to flip and actually make some money back. Um, good, good luck. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be, like, sarcastic. I'm, like, actually being serious. Like, I, 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 hope, I hope you do. <laughs> yeah. I at least want to break even, but we'll see. Um. Yeah, I, I like a lot of my prospects. I got Junior Caminero, who seems to be popping up all the all the lists in the offseason. Um, he went to Australia to play in this offseason. I don't know if you knew that. But that's fun. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's committed to the, to the league. He wants to get there fast. So um, another guy, Yanquil uh, Fernandez, I, I drafted him this year. I think he's a kind of he's like another high OBP guy, but it's to the level where it's like, oh, it's a little concerning. I think he was like at 340 or something this past year, and I think he's going to need to get that up a little bit before he help make a break to the major. But I think he had over like 25 home runs this year, and being in Colorado, I mean, I had to take a flyer. So yeah. Um, and then, do you want to, you already talk about costs? You want to talk about your sleeper, Roderick Arias? Or as or as the internet likes to call him, Rod A, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, what a name. Hopefully he can get some roids too, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, Roderick Arias is a guy that didn't perform well. Um, I think I took him at the last pick of the draft. Sounds right. Um. Yeah. So that guy, I think he's, you know, he was the number one free J two guy in his class as far as dollars are concerned. So. Um, he could end up being a top 100 guy by next year, in my opinion, if things break right for him, if he's, you know, comes out firing. Um, I don't think he'll be as high as Dominguez, but um, 
he could, you know, have a similar path, like where his year one was a downer and then next year was a bounce back per se. So that's why I see him as my sleeper. Yep. What's your score? I'm scored at 73, so 10 points above where Nate was at, 63. All right. 